Now make this confession before you're seated. Regardless, Regardless of what the pastor says today, I choose not to be offended. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> Go ahead and have a seat and turn your Bibles over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It's a year of triumph. I'm going to talk to you uh, throughout the month of January just to build a foundation for your faith to believe in uh, triumph in every area of your life. But... Uh, Paul said this in the, in the midst of whatever challenge and difficulty, whatever confusion, whatever might have been going on in the body of Christ or in his heart or life, regardless, these powerful and prophetic words came out of his mouth. He said, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Let me read that again. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Now let me point out just a couple things to you about this, this verse. We always need to be grateful and thankful to God. If you're going to walk in triumph this year, maintain a heart of gratitude every day of your life. Look for the positive, look for the good, look for what's going right. Amen? Amen. And give him thanks in all things. Notice also it says, who in Christ. There is no triumph outside of Christ. Everything good God's going to do in your life is going to be done in Christ. And this means a vibrant relationship with him. It means that you have faith in Christ. The scripture says that all that are born of God overcome the world. And this is what? The victory that overcomes the world. Even what? Our faith. So it's faith in Christ that is, that is critical. Notice it says always. always leads us in triumph. Your days of defeat are over in Jesus' name. Grab a hold of this today. Notice that it says he leads us in. He does not lead you into temptation. He does not lead you into defeat. He does not lead you into sin. He does not lead you into anxiety. He leads you into triumph. So at the start of this year, at the outset of this year, make up your mind that you're going to lose that old dog religion that says that God leads you into trouble. That God leads you into despair. That God leads you into destruction because that's not what Scripture teaches at all. If you find yourself in trouble, in despair, in defeat, He's the one that leads you out of those things. But a certain fundamental foundation has to be there for you and for me. And that is that he always leads us in triumph. Always. You say, well, that's not my experience. We're not talking about your experience. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking about making your experience conform to what God said. Thank you for your enthusiasm over this revelation. Where there's been punctuated triumph and, you know, temporary triumph and every once in a while there's triumph. Those days are gone in Jesus' name. You're going to live in triumph. You're going to dwell in triumph. Amen. If there's a city named Triumph, you're going to be a citizen. Hallelujah. Watch this. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. 
There is no way for us to spread that knowledge in defeat. With triumph comes the ability to spread the knowledge of God. It is not your defeat that is a testimony. It is your overcoming that is a testimony. It is not the disease or the sickness that's the testimony. It's the one healing you that's the testimony. Do you see this concept here? So the more you walk in triumph, the more you're going to be a factor in spreading the knowledge of God wherever you go. We can't spread the fragrance of his knowledge if we ourselves are still captive. So order number one this year is getting free in every area of your life and walking in triumph. 2020 is the year he leads you into your triumph. It's the year of triumph. Hallelujah. And that means to gain the mastery and victory over a serious conflict, battle, or test. You can't triumph unless there was something for you to triumph over. So when you walk into this door today and there are things that you have battled, things you've gone through, that's not where you focus. Your focus is on your triumphing over those things. You can't, you can't be qualified to triumph if there's no battle going on. That's why it's so relevant when Jesus says that he leads us into Triumph always. Every battle, every setback, every situation. The Lord spoke this into my heart. He's going to give you overwhelming victory on display for all to see. Hallelujah. Grandma's going to see it. Mom and them are going to see it. Devil's going to see it. Church is going to see it. People you work with, hallelujah, are going to see it. I mean, you know, sometimes at work, they're tools of the devil. But don't you let them get to you. You're going to walk in triumph this year. Amen? You can get excited anytime you want to. I'm not up here preaching death, destruction. I'm not giving you a hee-haw sermon. Gloom, doom, despair. Whoa! Now getting on me. Triumph. Hallelujah. That's what the word is for you. Amen. And your mind's going to tell you, well, I've gone through this and I believe that and I sowed towards this and I did this and I did that and, and it didn't happen. You need to turn the page on every other year and forget about it. He's doing a new thing in you. And it is triumph, glory to God. There is a special anointing on God's people this year to triumph over their enemies and circumstances in every area. And that means God on flesh doing what flesh can't do. No matter what you've been through or how you feel, God has ordained for you to triumph in 2020. Glory to God. Malachi 3.18 says, Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and the one who does not serve Him. This triumph is going to be visible. You're walking around, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, the Bugs Bunny theology. I believe, I believe, I believe, it's going to turn into, there it is. Visible, seeable, discernible, triumph. Hallelujah. Not pretending we win, but walking in the fact that he has caused us to win and triumph. Do you see this? He leads us in triumphal procession, which means we must Follow him into triumph. 
And as we do, we spread the life-changing knowledge of him everywhere. This means the gospel is not advanced by our defeat. It's not advanced by our, you know, our suffering. It's not advanced by our misery. It's not advanced by any other thing than by triumph, overcoming through him. There's a strong uh, religious devil that exists in the modern church that says God gets glory out of your suffering. No, you're suffering because of faith. And your triumph is where he gets the glory, not in the suffering. Are you here today? I want you to know, as the Bible teaches from cover to cover, God's people may go through something, but they always come out on top if they trust him. David showed up one day, and Ziklag was burned. All the families and all the women, all the children were carried off together with a plunder. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I imagine he said something like this, Lord, you've done it before, you can do it again. You've always given me triumph. You gave me triumph over the bear. You gave me triumph, hallelujah, over the lion. You'll give me triumph over the marauders of Ziklag. And he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord sent him out, and God prepared a way, a divine connection, and they chased them down. They got everything back. You need to grab a hold of that. Triumph means you're getting it back. The thief has been caught, sevenfold is on the way. Enjoy what God is doing in your life this year. I don't think you're hearing me. I'm saying enjoy your relationship this year. Enjoy your Christian walk like never before. Because you're walking in triumph in every area of life. I mean, yes, our Savior went to the cross and he died. But that's not where the story ended. He rose in triumph. Some of you have been lying down in defeat, in discouragement, in depression. You've been lying down in confusion and setbacks and sorrow. This is your year. You get up too. Come on, say it. If he got up, I can get up. Come on, say it again. If he got up, I'm going to get up. Because the Bible says, if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will give life to your mortal body in every area of your life. Hallelujah. This isn't a staying down defeated kind of a year. This is a get up and go with God kind of a year and enjoy what he's doing. Put a big old smile on your face and a spring in your step and a twinkle in your eye and enjoy what he has done through Christ for you. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not in a ministry or a church or a people that believe that God is your problem. Hallelujah. Welcome to the year of destruction. Welcome to the year of poverty. Welcome to the year of destruction and death and disease. No, welcome to the year of triumph. Hallelujah. Jesus told us to preach the good news. Hallelujah. And that's what we do. In Christ, we're empowered to triumph over everything that is warred against us. Scripture says he leads us into triumph and out of things. He leads us out of the remnants of the curse, and he leads us into every dimension of the blessing. 
out of every stubborn remnant, and you're here today, and you may have some stubborn remnants of the curse. But the scripture says you've been redeemed from the curse. Well, if you've been redeemed from the curse, there's only one thing left, and that's the blessing. Amen. And that's where your focus should be. Every dimension of the blessing. He's leading you, first of all, out of sin into health, out of sin into out of sin and condemnation into victory, amen, and holiness. I'm so excited, I'm getting ahead of myself five points down. Yeah, you actually believe this is the year of triumph? Yes, I do. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, This is your year. He leads you out of sin into holiness. You may think about it, but you're going to have the power this year to admit it, quit it, and forget it. Well, you don't know how long this has been going on in my life. Doesn't make any difference. You're going to triumph over that sin. Hallelujah. Say it with me. It's the year that I admit it, quit it, and forget it. Amen. I mean, come on now. If, if he's able to do anything, Surely he is able to cause you to triumph over sin. Surely he can do that. Yes, amen. He leads you out of sickness into health. Glory to God. Well, I've had it a long time. It'll be just all the more sweeter when you get it. Amen. Praise God. The Bible I read about a woman who was bowed over, what, 18 years? One encounter with Jesus Christ, and she was upright. Walking just fine. Amen. Living her life. He leads us out of shortage and into increase. Triumph means you're increasing this year. Triumph means you're going from glory to glory. Triumph means you're going to go and do and see things you've never gone and done and seen before. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may have dealt with lack and shortage and, and debt and can't pay your bills and all kinds of problems for years. This is your year of triumph. See, not every one of these areas will necessarily relate to you to what you're going through right now, but I promise you, everyone in this room, all these will relate to somebody. And if that's the case, then you're going out of that shortage into increase. Number four, you're coming out of that sorrow. He's leading you out of sorrow, hallelujah, and leading you into a place of peace and rest, free of grief, to live your life with purpose, hallelujah. Amen. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ that are bound by their grief and sorrow. They have lost greatly. And the Lord will remind you today, yes, you've lost greatly, but don't let that cause you to lose the purpose I have for you. And the reason you're personally on this planet. I got a picture in the mail with a Christmas card uh, from my first cousin, who is uh, my mom's aunt, and my, my aunt uh, Peggy, but her sister Peggy, who's home with Jesus now, her, her daughter. And that picture, my dad told me about it, but I didn't expect to get one of these. Um, <laughs> but I did. It's a black and white photo, and Dad explained to me what happened. My grandpa was a character, and we'll just leave it at that. 
but they didn't even have a Christmas tree. So if I remember the story right, they got one from the side of the road or whatever, right, and somebody else's tree, and put it upright and made the ornaments. Because there was no sense in this man's life that this is the appropriate thing to do for your family. And this picture has all four of them. I think my mom is 18, Peggy's 15 or 16. I can't remember all the ages. And, and uh, the younger two, uh, Ruthie and Ginger, like 9 and 10. And all you have to do is just look in their faces to see the sense of sorrow and loss and confusion in their lives. Well, I know this. I know that all three of those sisters died knowing Jesus Christ. I preached Ginger's funeral personally. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Are you here today? I know that she's born again. I know where she is. And when I walked in to do the funeral, there were Christmas trees everywhere in that funeral home. Don't you let yourself be defined by your sense of loss or whatever you went through. This is the year of what? Triumph. And Ginger was a character. When I was about, you know, three or four years old, she looked at me, she said, you know, what if you'll blow on my thumb, then, then a baby will come out. <laughs> a few months later, a baby came out. After four or five years of therapy, I told her I was okay. Because <laughs> for years, I thought I did that. <laughs> this family right here. Come on, tell somebody, it's no longer sorrow time. It's triumph time. Hallelujah. He's leading you out of strife and into love, forgiveness, restoration, and reconciliation. Strife days are over. Too much time wasted. Too many years wasted. Too many relationships thrown by the wayside. This is the year where God puts things together for you. He's leading you out of strongholds, giving you power to defeat any addiction, any habit, any hang-up that might be in your life. It's that kind of a year. Amen. And to make a difference how bad it is, how roaring it is, God is leading you out of the stronghold. Number seven, he's leading you out of the scars and into emotional healing from trauma, hurts, and wounds. God never wanted that to be your identity. I'm the hurt one. I'm the wounded one. Look at me. Feel sorry for me. No, he designed that you would have victory over that scar. Yes, it happened to you. No one can deny that, and there's no amount of faith that can say it didn't happen, but that's not where he wants to leave you. Scarred and without power to overcome. If I were to take a show of hands, surely there would be a lot of hands that would be raised say, yes, I have been seriously scarred in life. And I'm not so much talking about the body as I'm talking about the heart, the spirit that has been you know, with you since the, your existence, but emotionally, which is what is attached to that spirit man, you could be wounded and seriously flawed in terms of things that have happened to you, but how many of the greater one heals and restores? You know, you heard sticks and stones or break my bones, but words that never hurt me or harm me. No, the bones repair rather easily. 
Well, this is your year where the scar, amen, amen. puts a miracle cream of his word on it. Hallelujah. You've seen those advertisements on late TV? $19.99 if you act right now, but wait. If you call right now, you'll get two orders of this. Less shipping and handling. And you apply this cream and you'll watch your scar vanish right before your eyes. Well, if you apply the principles you're learning in the year of triumph, that scar will vanish from controlling your life. Hallelujah. Christ is leading you out of shame. Amen. So where you lose that sin tag and you finally learn what it means to walk with righteousness consciousness. In fact, the grace of God is the ability to stand before a holy God without a sense of shame, condemnation, or guilt. That's the power of God. Well, you don't know what it is. That's irrelevant, and we don't want to hear it. Amen. Some people love to talk about how shameful their life was, how terrible their life was. How about talking about how your life is now in Christ? How about talking about coming out of that shame in Jesus' name? The Lord never ordained for you to stay in that place. I dare say everybody in this room has sinned. Uh, Y'all should have more amens than that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me help you out. When I said I dare say, I was being facetious. (laughs) Yes. But not everybody moves on from the shame. You're going to do it this year. I said, you're going to do it this year. You're triumphing over the shame. Suffering. That means the attack and the assault of the enemy to try to get you to let go of the word of God. You're being assaulted because of the word of God. You're going to understand the nature and the source of it. You're going to reject it, and you're going to overcome it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that persecution, that suffering always has a shelf life? You know what I know? 2020 is when the shelf life is done. Amen. You lay hold of that in Jesus' name. This is a a time-based intervention in the affairs of his people in 2020 because he's up to something. Glory to God. And this doesn't apply to anybody in this room. This is just for people that don't go to this church. Stupidity. He's leading us out of our stupidity. And give us the power to bounce back from every stupid decision and choice. Amen. Raise your hand if you've ever made a stupid decision or choice. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you're going to bounce back. Come on, say it like this. You're going to bounce back, but stop with the stupid. Amen. Listen to me carefully. Triumph requires several things if you're going to actually walk this out. And that's the, really the nature of the, the talk that we're giving you through the month of January. These are, are critical factors. Number one is supply. There's no way to triumph without the supply of the spirit that he gives and the resources necessary. He's going to load you up this year. Hallelujah. More of his spirit. More of his goodness. More of his manifestation. We talked about uh, the glory of God over a couple weeks. What we've talked about, he's going to load on us. The supply to triumph. 
the supply of his spirit, the supply of what he has to resource us to be more than conquerors, to triumph in every area of life. I had an email forwarded to me that came out of the office. There was a young man moving to town. They said, I want to find a church. He said, I was, I was raised Lutheran. I said, well, we might have a church for you. And I explained to him, you want to know about any doctrinal differences, I explained to him that I was raised, baptized, went to Lutheran churches, you know, until I was in college, basically. And then I met the crazy people in this church over on 16th and Glendale. Amen. Let me tell you something about Lutherans. When I walked in the door and people had their hands like that, I thought it was a stick-up. When I walked in the door and there was a young man on the front row playing the bongos, I knew I wasn't in Kansas any longer. <laughs> Amen. But to be able to, to see the, you know, to acknowledge there may be some differences, but on orthodoxy, historical orthodoxy, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the only way to heaven, the virgin birth, the things that matter, we don't differ. On things like uh, communion, yes. On things like infant baptism, you know, yes, we do believe that we should dedicate child, children just like Jesus dedicated children. But we need to have a uh, confession of faith and, and go through that uh, particular, you know, and follow him in baptism, that kind of thing. Do we divide over things like this? Of course not. But the biggest thing, of course, is in the area of the Spirit of God. To be born again and be Spirit-filled and receive and activate and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. How I many know it's a blessing I said, that's a blessing. It's the gift of God. And I just kind of shared with him that even though my pastor growing up uh, in Illinois and Carbondale didn't preach these things publicly because they weren't allowed to, he practiced them privately. And he's marked, you know, my life to this day because I knew it. You could sense it in his communication. You could sense it in his talking. And people like mom who, who got counsel for a foster kid that was living with us, she can tell you that he operated in the counseling room with great power. And this little young man, this little boy came to us about five years old, been abused. I believe that his, his forearms had been broken. His mom went from relationship to relationship, and most of those relationships would abuse the kid. He was something else by the time she got a hold of him. But how do you understand, she could probably handle it. And I mean, because he was a ward of the state, every facility or resource available to help him was available. Nothing would help this kid come out of what he was in. But he went into the counseling chamber with this pastor, and this demon that was controlling his life manifested, and that pastor had him in his arms and cast the devil out of that kid. He come out of that room, out of that church, a different kid. So I just said that, say this, I encourage them, these things are for all of us, regardless of what we call ourselves. Hallelujah. And how many will pray for him that he'll just go where God wants him to go? Amen. But what am I saying? He's going to give us a greater supply of the Spirit than we've ever known before. Number two, it's strength of will. If you don't want to walk in triumph, nobody can make you. Nobody can force you to triumph. Nobody can force you to desire it. Nobody can force you to crave it. Nobody can force you to, to walk it out. But you need to have strength of will. Number three, you need to have spirit, meaning a heart to fight in your life. Uh, 
You've got to resist. You've got to stand. You've got to press. You've got to push. But if you do, God's unction is going to come on you and enable you to walk this out. Triumph is the name of this year. Amen. The other thing I love about God, he never gives us an order without giving us the power to do it. He never gives us a command without giving us the power to do what he commanded. So you and I can know this for sure. If he's expecting us to embrace these things and to have a heart to fight, he is going to come alongside of us. Most of us understand that David really didn't take the giant out. David was not that accurate. God was always that accurate and always is that accurate. Now, how do you know he can slay your giant this year? Glory to God. Number four is strategy. There's not going to be triumph without careful planning in terms of what he wants you to do. And we'll be talking about those elements the next three weeks. It's important for you to understand what you and I need to do to put ourselves in position for great triumph in the days that we're in. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to make those adjustments. Say, I'm getting into position for total triumph in my life. Hey, I like that. Total triumph. Can you grab that today? Say it with me. Total triumph in my life. And number five, the support of others. No one wins the war in triumphs alone. No one. No war was ever won. No battle was never won. No engagement was ever won. Never will be won. God never designed for you and me to fight by ourselves. Too many are trying to do that because they are missing vital elements of their spiritual formation. They've adopted a mindset that all they need is Jesus and them. My friend, you need Jesus, but you also need them. Look at somebody and say, you need me. I need you. Say, I love you. You love me. Uh huh. Some of y'all are outing yourselves right now as Barney fans. Yes, you are. You need the support of others. And this is where we get to the part of the message where I warned you not to get offended. And you confess that you would not. <laughs> Amen. Yes, amen. There aren't many in the modern church qualified for triumph because how they have conducted themselves in relationship with the body and relationship with the local church, it's given evidence that something vital in their spiritual formation is lacking. The spiritual elevator did not go all the way to the top. Are you here today? Now, I want you to understand one thing. I am going through these to, to help you, but there's no cause for you to walk out condemned. You just make up your mind. We've already talked about turning the page on everything that came before 2020 and have a heart to say, you know what? I am going to do this as somebody who is formed in Christ. I was talking with Kelly about this just a couple weeks ago and, and how this happens and how this happens and this manifested in the body of Christ and, and this kind of mindset and this kind of attitude. How does that happen? We get saved, 
But a lot of people are not growing past their revelation of salvation. Their behavior certainly reflects, I'm saved, but his expectations are more than that. Spiritual formation dictates more than just being saved by faith in Christ. It requires a certain level of maturity and positioning to, to get to the place of triumph. And so what I see in the body of Christ is, is a need to not be any of these categories I'm going to give you, but be the very last one that we'll talk about today and encourage you to, to do that in Jesus' name. Are you ready for that? Number one are the chokers. The chokers come to church and they do just fine until there's a revelation that they cannot receive. They'll choke on the word, they'll choke on the revelation, they'll choke on the expectation, they will choke and then they will bow out. They could choke on teaching about the spirit, they could choke on the, the expectations to be you know, involved, they could choke on, for example, the message that Tim brought today, that your, your great years is attached to your commitment to be a hilarious giver like you've never been before. Do people choke on that? Yeah. Had a lady, she still works in this town. I see her when I go to restaurants from time to time, and she looked me square in the face one day. She came here diligently, but here were her exact words. I can't go to your church. You expect people to tithe, and I don't want to tithe. Well, we don't want you to make the decision of going to a church whether you tithe or not. That's between you and the Lord. We preach the word, but can you see the mentality is I choke on the teaching regarding finances. Could you imagine all the wonderful series and ministry and blessings they've missed because they're not with you? We had a senior engineer working for TVA that came to this church, he and his wife, and we were on a series about involvement and participation. And we noticed we hadn't seen him for three or four weeks. You say, why is that? Well, that's the way it works in the modern church. Uh-huh. If, if I'm going to disappear from a church, I just leave. Like I was raptured or something. And the church and the pastors wonder, uh, did I miss the rapture? I'm, I'm still here, but, but they're gone. Do you know that people won't even do that to McDonald's? I told you, and you said you would not get offended today. <laughs> Go up to your manager, spend them like a big whopper, Amen. Giving you my notice, thank you very much. Appreciate that. They may tell you to leave them, but at least you did the right thing. Huh? Been in the church. I wonder where they went. Where did they go? <laughs> Do you know what that is? That's a formation issue. That's a spiritual formation issue. And how many know that all of us have been there? That doesn't mean we're going to be there in 2020. What needs to happen is a conviction rise up in you right now that this is it, hallelujah. You hear on HGTV how people want to get their forever house. They're going to buy and renovate. It's going to be our forever house. Well, your mindset in 2020 needs to be this is your forever house. 
Jesus leads you into a ministry mission purpose, that's one thing. But spiritual formation is hitting you this year, and this is my forever house. Hallelujah. It is my forever ministry. It is my forever staff. It is my forever pastor. That's what the Word of God would have us do. Not, where'd they go? What happened to them? Amen. And that keeps Christians completely and totally immature all the days of their lives. And they can't enjoy God's best when they function that way. Amen. I'm feeling the love up here. Feeling the love. And I'm only on chokers. <laughs> Number two are the Dodgers. Oh, when you sit under a ministry of revelation, and particularly in the Spirit-filled church, there's going to come a time when something is preached and God begins to deal with you strongly. And a dodger will say, I'm just not ready to deal with that. Are you here today? It could be over something that comes up in a message that you just don't want to turn loose or a practice or a behavior or whatever it is. But as soon as you're hit with that conviction, you think, because you're not fully formed spiritually, that if I just go to second church, God can't find me there. Well, why would you want to go to a church where God can't find you? But you know what? He can. And he does. And because you're not fully formed, guess what you do? Go on down to third church. Because you're not prepared to deal with what God is talking to you about. Come on, say it with me. I'm in my forever church. I am fully formed in my spiritual formation. Those years are over. Those ways are over. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new me. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Number three, the hoppers. The hoppers have no roots. Something in their spiritual formation didn't take. And because they never sit down long enough and get their roots down deep enough in the word and the love of God, they're just still like a first grader trying to read. And that's the way it will always be until you come to the place where this is what God has assigned me to do. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. My choking days are over. My dodging days are over. My hopping days are over. Remember, I refuse to be a frog. <laughs> Number four, the surfers. They're always going where there appears to be a wave spiritually. Well, God's doing this, so 
Let's go over here. God's doing that, so let's go over here. And then you get there, and it's not happening. Hallelujah. The grass is always spiritually greener on the other side. But you begin to find out it's not the case. The surfer is always looking for the latest show. They're looking for the latest cool thing happening. But they never, ever help to usher a wave in. A fully formed spiritual believer is a person who helps usher the wave in. And can I tell you what God has prophesied in the past couple of weeks through some very prominent ministries? There's a tsunami of glory about to hit this country. You're fully formed when you actually help and get a place to where a wave is happening. Not just, oh, there's a wave, first church, second church, fifth church, let's, let's get part of the wave. <laughs> Come on, point to your neighbors. I'm so glad I came today. <laughs> Say it with a little more conviction. I'm so glad <laughs> I came today. Come on, say it, my choking, my choking. dodging, dodging. hopping. Surfing, Surfing. days are over. What a fun thing to do what they did at Brownsville Assembly in Pensacola where Dr. Cho had placed his finger on a map and asked God to pour out his spirit there. That came after the church ushered in the way by praying for years for a move of God. Amen. Lots of people enjoy surfing, not everybody likes to build the wave. Come on, say it. I am a wave builder. And I will tell you this, that a spiritually formed Christian discerns the makeup of a particular body, a manifestation, because if something is established by breaking down and up another church, it's just a matter of time before that DNA recycles itself again and again and again, and again. No, hang out in your forever church. Come on, can I preach today? Hang out in your forever church and help build that wave for others to surf on. Then there's the floaters. They just mindlessly float with others and float around with others who've done the same thing. There's no foundation there. There's no backbone. There's no ties. The air balloon is not tethered down. And so whenever there's a little wind, they go. And well, so-and-so went over here. So they just mindlessly follow them as if that's the way that mature, fully formed believers act. No, mature, fully formed believers follow the Holy Ghost. They listen to what God is saying. They do with what God is telling them to do. Amen. Number six, the watchers. They're physically there, but they're not engaged. (laughs) They watch others pray. They watch others worship. They watch others give. They watch others serve. They watch others do outreach, but they just watch. A watching Christian is not a fully formed believer. Amen. I hear a couple of you saying, I'm going to be a Dodger here in a minute. (laughs) 
I'm about, I'm about to put on my best dodge. You keep going down this road, amen. Number seven are the AWOLs. They're absent without leave. They pull the plug when things get hard, when the bullets start flying, when there are great challenges in a ministry. Rather than stand, amen, rather than stand and they get upset with their soldiers around them and their officers and everything and don't like this and don't like that. And so guess what? They're AWOL. I was meditating on this, and, and the Holy Ghost said this almost in a loud voice. There's a great returning coming to the body of Christ. A great returning. All these little AWOL soldiers out there getting ready to do what? Come back and get fully formed in Christ. I said they're coming and getting fully formed in Christ. They realize that you know, being one-eighth there or half there is not good enough. They want in this day we live in to be fully formed followers of Christ. And there's a great returning coming. I'm saying it again. There's a great returning coming. And you make that your forever church. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when somebody does return, you look at them like they've never been gone. I said, you look at them like they've never been gone. Never skipped a beat. Because it's the Holy Ghost that's doing it. How many of you are okay with that? Amen. Number eight, the brooders. They bemoan what they're going through. They're hurt, offense, not getting their way. They're emotionally ruled. And so they just sit there and they brood. And they brood, and they brood. There's always an issue, always a problem. Every time you see them, the countenance has fallen. Talk about how tough things are and how they're trying to recover from this and recover from that and the setback and the hurt and the betrayal and the wounds and the abuse, whatever it is. And they talk about it and they, you know, gab about it and they ask for prayer about it and they, they post on Facebook about it. But where they need to be, is in the forever church getting fully formed. So they can come out of the brood and be victorious. Praise God. Number nine, the suckers. They always take, but they never give. Always taking, but they're never really sowing their time, their talent, or their treasure. How many know a fully formed Christian is sowing their time and their talent and their treasure? Oftentimes, that's a dividing mark. You can tell where somebody actually is. Praise God. You know, it's days like this. I thank God that uh, I'm in his service and accountable to him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes all of us need to hear things our flesh doesn't like. But you know, if you'll receive this today, this is going to be the most triumphant year you've ever had in your entire life. If you can receive this and say, you know what? Okay, all right, God, you're, you're absolutely right. 
I have demonstrated a life that's not fully formed. Those days are over in Jesus' name. I'm going to be more Christ-like than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm going to seek you and do what's necessary. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you been around long enough to know that when you, when you disappear for one of these reasons from the body of Christ, things don't go well? How many of you can, can raise your hand and say, that's just the way it is? All of us can testify that when we're fully formed, things just go better. Amen? So we don't want to be a taker, but we want to be a giver. Amen? Number 10, the Googlers. The Googlers use Google, and they know everything. They're unteachable, uncorrectable. <laughs> They've arrived. What can that Sunday school teacher possibly teach me? What can that pastor possibly teach me? I got Google. <laughs> Went to uh, see Kelly's physician a couple years ago, it was, and she looked at him and said, uh, and what she was talking about is she found that he was involved in developing an, an implant device for spinal surgery, and uh, he was working with the company in Indianapolis. And that, all she was trying to say was, I was on Google, and I saw this article about you, and they were quoting you, and that's what she started to say. And as soon as he heard the words, I was on Google, <laughs> he said, I like Dr. Kelly. I don't like Dr. Google at all. What was he talking about? Everybody, five minutes on Google, they're suddenly medical experts. It took that physician, you know, four years of med school and, you know, three to six years of residency and fellowships to learn what they know, but in five minutes on Google, yeah. Every doctor I've talked to in the past couple of years has something to say about Dr. Google. Amen. So it must be a problem out there. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know, if you read those symptoms too much, you're going to develop those symptoms in your head. You're going to be like Delora from Rhode Island. How you doing? Well, brother, right, I've got sinusitis and bursitis and arthritis, you know, and a callus in the corn and a tumor. You're going to start developing all of these. Amen. So say it. I'm Done with being a choker, a dodger, a hopper, a surfer, a floater, a watcher, an AWOL, a brooder, a sucker, or a googler. Well, then what am I supposed to be? I'm glad you asked. You're supposed to be a builder. A fully formed child of God is a builder of the things of God a builder of the local church. When Nehemiah was called to build the wall, those workers were holding materials in one hand and a sword in the other. I'm going to build and I'm going to protect what we're building. That's the mindset of the fully formed Christian. Now, if you don't mind being less than fully formed and, and that is the, the apex of your expectation as a Christian then don't pay attention to any of this. But if in your heart of hearts you're saying, you know what, 
I just know. Maybe you can sense this. I can. I know uh, that there are people in this room that have cried out to God, God, I just want to be what I'm supposed to be in 2020. I just want to walk with you the way I'm supposed to. I want to go where I've never gone before, be what I've never been before. I want to be closer than I've ever been before. If that's you, then take heed what you, you hear here. And don't come into condemnation, look behind you, but make up your mind that God has you here on this day for a reason. God is wanting to lead you into triumph in 2020. Are you hearing me? He's wanting to do that. But to do that, you've got to let him form you fully. And spiritual formation has nothing to do with chronological age. And no matter how old we are, he can still do it. Amen. Praise God. So what? The builder diligently works and prays and believes so that the foundation for the glory can manifest. Say it, from now on, I'm a builder. Say it with me, from now on, I'm a builder. Say it again, say it, from now on, I'm a builder. Come on, give him a big hand clap and thank him for it. Glory to God. I want you just to stand to your feet. You have uh, communion elements that are in front of you. Hey, what a wonderful thing to share the Lord's Supper and partake on the first Sunday of the new year. Amen. Some of you want to go ahead and pull back the plastic and get yourself ready because... sometimes can be a little difficult to open. I've seen more than one Christian lose their victory over trying to get those things open. We don't want to lose our victory when we're going to the table of the Lord. <laughs> so just go ahead and take a moment or two. and If your neighbor's is open, steal theirs. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I never get tired of reading what the Apostle Paul had to, had to say. He said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he given thanks, he And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Who is it for? Me. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, we know that uh, the cup that you hold and the wafer that you have are not literally the body and the blood of Jesus, but they represent the body and the blood of Jesus, sacrifice for you and for me. But we're going to approach the table today with something beyond just getting the heart right and dealing with sin, but moving from the place we are to become fully formed in Christ. 
to accept and admit and be honest that we're just, we're just not there. We, we need, you see, there are no spiritual birth defects in Jesus. No one is born again and, and somehow they can't do this because they were born without a limb or born without this functioning part of the body. That's not how the born again spirit is. It's born again and it's perfect. But we do have a mind, a will, and emotions. We do have a flesh. We do have the ability to inhibit the full formation on this earth. Now, when you cross the other side, you're going to have a crash course. On this side, it's completely and totally up to you and me if we become fully formed or not.